You know, I just hit record on this episode. And real quick, though, before we jump into this, they just traded Joshua Dobbs to the Cardinals. Oh, that. Josh Dobbs and a seventh rounder. And we got back a fifth rounder from Arizona. Hey, shout out Andrew Barry. I love Dobbs. I thought, and the team loves him. The fans love him. But if you can get a fifth rounder for a backup quarterback, you got to do it, right? Especially given how DTR was playing all, all preseason. Like, that's true that. pretty true that. And now we're keeping Kellen Mond, apparently. Um, anyway, that, sorry to our listeners. Like Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, the number one Browns podcast in the world. You got Kevin and Raleigh. And welcome to the fifth annual fantasy draft special featuring Connor. Y'all know Connor. For our new listeners, Connor is our draft expert, our fantasy expert. He comes on a few times a year before the draft, after the draft, and then especially before the fantasy football drafts begin here in the next couple of weeks. Connor, how are we doing, sir? And thanks for joining us as always. Doing fantastic. Ready for another big season. Get a couple championships under the belt again. Help our, uh, help our listeners win some as well. So yeah, we're ready to rock, baby. Connor likes to do fantasy drafts year round over a cup of coffee in the morning. People wonder, well, how is he a fantasy expert? Well, if you go back and listen to all the episodes he's done, whether it's the actual NFL draft predictions or fantasy advice, uh, you know, knock on wood, the guy just really doesn't miss. And a lot of our listeners uh, DM us all the time saying that they always take his advice and they do well in their leagues. Unless you're Raleigh, who pays people to play his leagues for him. But that's for another time, another conversation. I didn't do it last year. And I had the best record in the regular league. My team was the opposite of the Browns, where it's like they were finding ways to win despite <laughs> having should have lost. Like I had like mid-tier points overall and just a dominating record. I uh, couldn't get it together in the playoffs. But uh, I like to think that it was a mixture of luck Connor, this podcast i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that and me oh and you kevin sorry first things first there are two types of fantasy leagues in terms of how they're scored standard versus ppr connor can you please dumb down um for us and our listeners i know a lot of people that are doing fantasy for the first time or, or they're not really too into it just very very basic stuff here um and i'm always going to learn something new i'm no expert what are the difference between the two are the two leagues yeah so a standard scoring league you only get points for yardage and touchdowns if it's a ppr league and it can be half ppr full ppr you're getting a point for every catch that a player gets so ppr point, point per, per reception, reception. Jackass. Yes. sorry point per reception why is he so, a jackass for explaining sorry, it? That, that was aggressive he, i'm not cutting that out i'm like because i was thinking, ashamed for that okay well i'm thinking okay call it ppr call it ppr so that my sister my sister was very adamant about figuring out what to do for fantasy this year. He says in PPR, you get a point for every time, for every time you catch the ball. I'm like, ah, that's going to throw her off. Uh, sorry for that. Deep no, it's ready. all right. It's We're all right. Good start. PPR points yeah. per reception. PPR. So, uh, I mean, the main difference there is there's a little bit different archetypes of players that you would target in a standard league versus a PPR league. So, 
guys that catch a lot of short yardage, kind of your easy chain moving receivers, running backs, they're more valuable in a PPR league. Whereas in a standard scoring league, like somebody who's a goal line back and gets a lot of the short yardage touchdown opportunities, they're going to have more value in a standard league. That's going to come up moments or in a minute. We're going to explain more on that because that's also a huge thing with drafts and fantasy overall. I think one of the biggest reasons, maybe the biggest reason that people lose their fantasy drafts, not just because they pick the wrong players, they pick the wrong order of players. Let's say now, you know, a lot of people, if they're first timers or if they're just big fans of a certain person, like first pick of their draft, the first round, oh, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. No question there. But Connor, can you break down, say it's a 15 round fantasy draft. Can you give us the strategy for when you should be picking positions per round in a draft? Yes, more or less. We don't want this to be gospel, right? You got to be flexible during exactly. the draft. You got to identify pockets of value. If good players are slipping or there's a run on a certain position, you got to be able to adapt. So this is not a... Well, for the 99% of us who aren't as good with the numbers as you are. Yes, yes. So, uh, but, but loosely speaking, in the first two rounds, you're going to want to take running backs and wide receivers. That's where most of the value is. There's maybe one tight end that I would take in there. Otherwise, all running backs and receivers. Um, you know, in, in my mind, for, for the first round of the draft, there's kind of a clear top four if you have one of the first four picks. Be Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler. If you're in the middle of the first round, I like to try and get Tyree Kill or Cooper Cup. And then there is a massive tier of guys that I would have kind of ranked all the same between maybe let's call it picks eight all the way through like 18, which would be your Kelsey, Bijan Robinson, Chubb, Tony Pollard. Um, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and then on the receivers, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I have kind of all those guys in a giant chunk. So if you're at the end of the first round picking, I would try and get one running back because I do think running back gets real trashy uh, around like the fourth to the sixth round. Ooh, uh, I do not like the options that are, that are there right now by average draft position. So... I'm trying to get out of the first two rounds with at least one running back. It's called a hero RB strategy where I'm going to take one stud and then I'm going to just slam receivers, get my quarterback and tight end, and then take a whole bunch of lottery tickets on running backs towards the end of the draft. So um, that's kind of the strategy I've been running with mostly, but, but yeah, running backs and wide receivers, very heavy on those positions all the way through, you know, the first let's call it six rounds. And okay, so for six to, rounds. Like, you're going to maybe want to throw a quarterback in there or get a stud tight end. But for the most part, you're stockpiling running backs and wide receivers. So kind of to break this down uh, for those that are more visual learning, imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong on anything, Kevin or Connor, mostly Connor, if there is a, a big part of this is scarcity. Like you have two running backs to fill and there's only one starting running back per team in a 12 person league. It's like you're running out of good options fairly quickly. Same thing with wide receivers, quarterbacks, a good quarterback matters, but how would you 
like, do you have a top tier of quarterback uh, where you kind of make the rule? Okay. I go for this guy here. Like if I see Mahomes, for example, even though he may not be the highest scoring quarterback where you would break your traditional route and say, well, he's still here and I'm in the fourth. I got my hero running back, pull the trigger on him. He's not there. Wait a couple of rounds, but make a similar decision for a Justin Fields, say. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, um, if you want to get it more like a little step more advanced on how you're doing your draft strategy, you can tier your players. So you have tier one guys, tier two, tier three, tier four. And that's how you kind of rank people out. And so you can see when there's a break, like there's one guy left in my tier one quarterbacks. I better take him now. Otherwise I should wait a while till I get into the tier two guys. And so, um, you know, for the quarterback position, this one's easy to do as a demonstration, but like my tier one quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And once we get into the third round, I'm willing to start looking at those guys at that point. So if it's the middle of the third and Jalen Hurts is sitting there, I'm probably going to take him. If I miss out on all three of those guys and it's the third or the fourth round, then I might be waiting until let's call it the fifth and the sixth round. And I'm going to start looking at Lamar Jackson. I would take in the fourth round. And then other than that, I'd be looking at like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Justin Fields, fifth, sixth round. That's where I'd start to consider them. If I miss that run, we get into the seventh and eighth round. It's Trevor Lawrence and Sean Watson. <laughs> if I miss those guys, I'm going to probably wait a little bit and I'm going to just try and cobble together uh, kind of a Frankenstein of, of other quarterbacks where I will say if I miss all those guys, I love the idea of pairing somebody like Daniel Jones, Tua, um, Kirk Cousins with Anthony Richardson, who is the Colts rookie quarterback. Ooh. He may not be able to throw the ball. We're not really sure if he's an accurate passer at all, but he's like 6'5", 250, runs a 4'3". He's the freakiest athlete ever to enter the league at quarterback. If he doesn't know where to throw the ball, he's going to tuck it and run, and he's going to score a ton of fancy points. So I kind of like taking a flyer on him late. That's an early sleeper preview. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but love Anthony Richardson and pairing him with somebody safe, you know, if, if you miss out on all those kind of other tiers that I mentioned. What's but, your earliest you take a tight end and what's your general strategy for tight end? So Travis Kelsey is worth considering in the first round. Um, I probably won't be taking him just because he's 34. Now I know how my body feels at 34 and uh, <laughs> how easy it is to, to injure yourself uh, standing up off the couch wrong. But uh, injury risk is a concern for me there with him. Eventually, all those hits and all that, all that usage is, is going to take a toll. And it's, you know, uh, maybe this is the year. So I'm kind of avoiding him. Um, Mark Andrews, I think, is fine in the third round. I don't really like George Kittle. He gets hurt too much and, and boom busts. TJ Hawkinson's okay in, like, the fifth round. But I'm really targeting, like, I like a Darren Waller or a Kyle Pitts type in the, let's call it late sixth, seventh round. If I don't get them, I'm waiting a while and I'm going after a, uh, like Njoku or Evan Ingram or yeah. Pat, somebody like that, um, later. And then I've got a couple sleepers 
for tight end. If, uh, you know, we want to hold those. Oh, we're getting there. What do you do? When do you do kicker and defense? Second last two picks always last two picks always. Um, I'll probably take the kicker with the second to last of my picks and just try and get somebody in a high octane offense. Um, I went back and listened to the, the podcast last year. I have to apologize for saying I love Cade York. <laughs> <laughs> hey thing. now, hey now, hey now. Come uh, on, Cade, baby. We need you. We yeah, need you, Cade. He's got it. But uh, yeah, I've, my logic there was that he banged 60 yarders. Those are worth six points in fantasy. That's like a touchdown. You know, he's got a big leg. So we got a little bit of a tease there uh, yeah, that first game. Back. Hey, say what you will about uh, Cade York. This is more to the audience. Oh, they are. Uh, At the end of the day, he is the reason that the Browns have won week one for the first time. That Panthers game was electric. I will will always love him for that. Dude, I I was there. It was (laughs) like you could just – it was the most – what do you call it? We've gone through a lot of Browns emotional swings but it's very rare where it's like you start up, you go down and then you come right back up. And normally it's just like you're up and then you stay down for a week or so. Um, but yes, Cade York, if you're listening, thank you for making that kick. I hope you thank can you bounce back. Buddy. Glorious. Yeah. Um, so you've been doing, you gave us your top four overall. Can we just go through, can you give us a little bit more, maybe a top 10 in the first two, three rounds in terms of wide receiver running back? Yeah, so the top four again was Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, and Austin Eckler. Uh, Right behind them, I have Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup. Um, I have Kelsey. It's like my seventh-ranked guy, but I think if it really got to that, if I was picking seventh and he was the guy there, I probably wouldn't take him. So uh, that's, Mm. you know, to whoever, that's everybody's discretion there. But... um, but from that point on, like it's it's pretty balanced. Like I don't have a super strong convictions. I'd, I'd probably take Chubb next, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, the fact that he's the best running back, pure runner in the league. He's playing behind a top five offensive line, and we don't have Kareem Hunt stealing the passing game work this year. Maybe Jerome Ford ends up taking some of that, but I do say got to get healthy first. Overall, we're gonna we're gonna have Nick Chubb more involved in the passing game, even if we just throw him some screens. Yeah, you know, oh, loves had a steam. I mean, he's Stefanski loves him some screen yeah. plays. Yeah. He's gonna be dangerous. So, um, so I kind of like I kind of like I said, I think it's very very important if you're picking in the second half of the first round to come out with a running back either in the first or the second. You know, after the turn, you've got to get somebody there. Cause it thins out very, very quickly. So, um, so Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard looks like he's in a phenomenal position, particularly if you're in a PPR league versus standard. Um, then Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams. I mean, the number one cog in, in both of their offenses that are, um, going to see a ton of volume. If Stefan Diggs doesn't force his way at that part, sketches me out. I was going to say, is he even but, happy right uh, now? I, I mean, where's it going to go, right? Like, I, I think you force your way off a Super Bowl contending team. That's just stupid. So, uh, and, and there's no clarity at all on 
what he's even mad about. Like he hasn't. I was gonna say I don't think he's going anywhere. He just seems yeah. like he's miserable. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that whole situation. Maybe it'll come out. Yeah, someday later. But at this point, it's it's quite confusing. But, hey, uh, quick question: uh, the top four guys that you listed, uh, I all I remember was you had uh, Justin Jeffries. Uh, <laughs> Who? Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson. Excuse me. I was thinking of Jim Jeffries. Um, <laughs> When you had Justin Jefferson first overall, and like the who did you say after him? McCaffrey. Who are your top four? McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler. If you go to any ESPN uh, draft board, like when you start, uh, for those that have literally never done it, shout out my sister Anna. It tells you who it recommends picking first overall, and McCaffrey yeah. for the past however many years is always number one. Would it have? Does it have? uh jefferson as number one on a lot of these boards i haven't been on one or like is that is this your particular hot take or is this what is this what anybody would come to the conclusion that just looking at a draft board i think it's pretty consensus for jefferson i mean so he's basically just put together the the best start to a career for a wide receiver ever i mean he's like torching randy moss's start to his career and so um being that young that productive you know, that's seems like a slam dunk. So I think, you know, I was, I did a mock draft on Yahoo today and he was, he was the number one guy there. And I think McCaffrey was second in Cleveland. What a lot of people in Cleveland do or notorious for is just drafting all the Browns players. I think Raleigh still does that today. No, 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 no. I, I have to say something. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I publicly noted that I am drafting only AFC rivals, AFC North rivals with the hopes of jinxing them. That's fair. Okay. Where's, but so my question there, and where do you see guys like Elijah Moore, um, Amari Cooper, Najoku? Like those guys are maybe not the top 10 that you said, but those guys are still ballers and they're going to get picked up. But like where in the draft would you predict them falling? Yeah. So um, Chubb, I think, is an easy first round pick. Um, after that, the next guy off the board is probably Cooper. And I'm seeing him going probably in the early fourth round or so, mm. uh, which I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with in that spot, assuming you know we get this high-octane offense we're all anticipating. Uh, he's the wide receiver one. He should you know, be looking close to double-digit touchdowns, you know, 12, 1,300 yards receiving. This is a high-octane podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, – but yeah, so I, I like him where he's going in the fourth round. I've been taking him a decent amount. Um, and then Njoku? Njoku and Elijah Moore are both going probably, call it right around the ninth round, and I like the value hmm. there for both of them. Uh, Elijah Moore you can probably get in the tenth in a lot of cases if it's not a draft of all your Cleveland friends. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I like both of those. I mean, Njoku is – still an absolute freak athletically and going to be a big red zone target. And hopefully we score a lot more touchdowns this year. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Can you, yeah. uh, can you dumb down for Raleigh and I, and anyone else who needs it respectively, uh, respectfully, Chubb is considered far and wide the best back in the league. We're knocking out wood for, for health. When you see the the top projection for fantasy, even the ones you gave right there, Chubb is never in the top five fantasy picks, but he's the best running back in the league. Can you explain why that is with regards to fantasy 
Yeah, yeah, and I would, I mean, I think if it's a standard scoring league, Chubb has a better case to be the top running back. But the yeah. reason, I most of the things that I'm saying are in terms of PPR leagues. That's certainly my preference in terms of which type of league to be in. But, uh, but Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are heavily involved in their team's passing game as well. So they may get mm. 15, 20 carries a game. And then on top of that, they're getting five or six catches. And so they're at a huge advantage from a, from a scoring standpoint because of all the passing game work they get, which historically Nick Chubb has not been as involved in our passing game. That's gone to Kareem Hunt. Um, but this year, I, I do think they're going to try and get him involved more. And so that certainly makes his ceiling a lot higher. Um, you know, talking about Browns guys that were drafting, though, like I'm not scared of taking Jerome Ford with one of my last picks either. I think, Ooh. Um, I think that's great value. So, as long as we don't pick somebody up here super late, like a you know, Lenny Fournette or um, you know somebody like that, yeah, he should be solid. So, if you have your pick of the litter, the last two picks, who uses your kicker and who's your defense? Probably take Justin Tucker. The kicker. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. Duh. Um, Other than Justin Tucker. Yeah, I should have asked that. Sorry. No. Uh, Harris is Harrison Butker still the Chiefs kicker? If he is, I'd probably take him. I just I just go to the I like the best offenses and I okay. like teams that um you know he's got he's got best offense, or I like dome kickers just because the weather doesn't screw him up as much. So uh you know. Powerful offense in a dome, then we're talking. So that's that's good. Defense, I I mean, I personally tend to stream defenses rather than uh, take one and ride them the whole year. So uh, that's my preference. I, I I like to just whoever's looks like they have a good week one matchup, I'll take them, and then I'll just kind of rotate. Uh, gotcha. Afterwards, so. All right, let's get into it. You know what time it is. Sleepers, baby. Last year, I, th- I think we hit on uh, Damian Pierce. We hit on Brian Robinson. Yeah. James Cook, Cleo Herbert did okay. Uh, yeah, we, we had some good hits. Did we have so, any misses? Because Muccio critiqued you saying, well, you named 50 guys. You have to. You got to, you know, not. you can't just take the one sleeper that, uh, you know, like we got 12 people in the league. You gotta, you gotta name at least twelve guys. Hey, scared money don't make money, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Suck it, Muccio. Yeah, he doesn't get it. <laughs> it's just, a, just a beautiful singing voice. That's all. <laughs> oh shit! Hey, you, you guys, catching strays out here. You guys are a rival guest. We gotta bring on a Muccio <laughs> Connard podcast. That's that'd be hilarious. That'd be huge. Uh, all right, let's do it. All right, all right. So sleepers, um, you know the where I typically go. Go fishing for my for my picks here. Starts with the rookie pool. You know that's where you're going to find the guys people don't know a lot about. There's no past production. If they don't follow the draft like we do, then you know they may not have any idea who these guys are. So I like to start with the sleepers um, or with the run or rookies for sleepers and particularly rookie running backs. There's always every year somebody that is a late round rookie running back that breaks out. And so this year, a um, few guys that I like, and I guess we'll start with kind of 
how early they go. And then and Bajan is not considered a sleeper here, rookie, no, right? He, he's going okay. in the first round. Okay. So, um, but of the rookies, I like Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks. He's probably going in the ninth round ish. Um, they use a second round pick on him. Kenneth Walker is a is a really good running back, right? But he is also a guy that bounces it a lot and is kind of a shifty, more creative type. If you have to get one yard, he's not always the you know stick your nose into the pile and grind that out for you. Whereas Zach Charbonnet is is a much more powerful runner, and so he might get goal line looks. He's also at least from what I've read, a better pass catcher than Kenneth Walker. So he might be getting the catches as well. So in a PPR league, we talk about high value touches. That's what we care about. And that is passing game work. And that is red zone looks. And so if he's getting a big slice of both of those in the Seahawks offense, which we expect to be pretty good, that's a solid pick. Um, Going a little bit after him on the rookie side of things is Tank Bigsby. He's, he's, what a name. He's my favorite. Yeah. For one, phenomenal football name. Can't go wrong with that. And he's going probably 11th round, let's call it. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, they use a third round pick on him. Travis Etienne is the other running back he's competing with. Similar deal where Tank Biggs, he's a powerful runner. He should, uh, you know, he might get short yardage. He's also supposed to be the better pass catching back once again. So those high value touches. He also is just a super talented running back. So he, he played for Auburn, and Auburn had one of the worst offensive lines in all of college football last year. He was getting just touched in the backfield every time he got the ball, and he was making some some really impressive runs out of that. So I'm a big fan of his. Um, way later, uh, maybe like your last pick before you start taking a kicker, uh, Tajay Spears is for the Titans. And so he's out of Tulane. If you ever watched, um, if you watched the bowl game where Tulane played USC and beat them, uh, he absolutely carved them up. It was super impressive. Uh, he should be Derrick Henry's backup. Derrick Henry's got a lot of mileage on him, obviously. Uh, you know, if he ever misses games, Tajay Spears is, is a pretty cool guy to watch. So, um, so those are the rookie running backs. And then the other running backs, I, I, kind of like just a kind of rapid fire through some people. If we're looking at the eighth, ninth round, um, Rashad Penny for the Eagles. He absolutely crushed in Seattle the last time he was healthy. Uh, obviously that's a phenomenal offense to be a part of. And so you're just hoping to hit on, on one of their three guys there. And he's, I think the best shot to get the, the early down work. So like him, Antonio Gibson for the Redskins, mm-hmm. uh, Sorry, Commanders. Um, he's he's going to get a lot of pass game work. He's super explosive. Love him. Have always been a big fan of his. I think he gets more opportunity than he has any other year so far. Khalil Herbert, one of the guys I named last year, still looks atop the, uh, the Bears' backfield. That's a bit of an ambiguous situation. So there is a rookie running back to Roshan Johnson that later in the season could be a factor. But I do think for the beginning of the year, Cleo Herbert's pretty cheap. You can probably get him ninth, 10th round and he he'll get the starting running back work. And he's been highly efficient throughout his career so far. Uh, looking at like 10th, 11th round Jalen Warren for the Steelers. Um, Najee Harris is a plotting bum. I'm just, let's uh, let's just call it what it is. He's not, 
not an exciting runner. I think he had 250 carries or something like that last year. He broke one run over 20 yards. Ooh. So uh, Jalen Warren is the more explosive kind of fan favorite, exciting compliment to that. I think he, he kind of forces his way into more touches this year. Um, you know, you mentioned B. John Robinson. The Falcons have another running back, Tyler Algier. He was a rookie out of BYU last year. He ran for 1,000 yards as a fifth-round rookie. And Arthur Smith, the, the Falcons coach, absolutely loves to pound the rock. PTFR, you know, all day. <laughs> and he, uh, I think he's still going to use Tyler Algier plenty. You know, and so he's going to get a bunch of work. He'll get goal line action. And if, if Bijan ever gets hurt, you know, like I said, he rushed for a thousand yards last year. So he's very startable and, and you can get him super late. Uh, kind of in that range as well. Raheem Mostert. Ooh, Dolphins. big fan. Yeah. Uh, super fast. And when you've got Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddle clearing out, the back end of the defense, you know, he's one broken tackle at the line of scrimmage away from busting long run any game. And, and so the fact that they did not bring in Zeke and they didn't bring in Kareem Hunt or, you know, any of these other kind of Dalvin Cook, all these good guys that were out there, like that job's up for grabs. That kind of like any of the Dolphins running backs really are, are good lotto tickets. Um, I mentioned Jerome Ford. Last running back would be Gus Edwards. So, uh, J.K. Dobbins is throwing a fit in camp for, for God knows why, like pushing for a new contract when he's played 16 games in his entire NFL <laughs> career. It's absolutely absurd. <laughs> like the least amount of leverage anybody's ever had in a kind of hold-in situation. But uh, let's say that relationship goes south. Ravens offense is probably going to be pretty explosive. I love their offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, former Browns OC. Uh, but... Gus Edwards getting uh, getting the bulk of the carries there, and he's basically free. I mean, you can take him last round. So he's another good one to look at. Uh, my sleeper list is always running back heavy. So that said, um, we're looking at wide receivers. I, there's, there's a few rookies I like there too. Marvin Mims for the Broncos. Um, Sean Payton's first pick, they traded up to get him. Jerry Judy just got hurt today. Yeah, he's out for a little while. Uh, Tim Patrick, one of their other good receivers, is out for the season already. So Marvin Mims, uh, he's kind of a deep threat, explosive guy. He can make some early season noise. Uh, Zay Flowers for the Ravens, he's tearing up camp. You can get him double-digit rounds. He's a receiver I like to target these kind of ambiguous receiver rooms where there's not a clear alpha wide receiver and just try and take exciting guys that could emerge as that person. You know, if you get them super free, double-digit rounds, uh, very cheap, and they emerge as the alpha in the offense, that's the kind of upside we're looking for late in the drafts. And if they don't, you just cut them, and, you know, you gotta you got to work the waiver wire anyways. So um, take the high upside people. And so I like Zay Flowers. Jonathan Mingo, same deal in Carolina. Uh, you look at the Chiefs. I mean – they spread that thing around. Yeah. There's Sky Moore, um, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Rashi Rice. There's you know, take your pick on who emerges as, you know, if anybody is the guy there. But those are all 
really cheap guys to draft in the best offense in the league. So I like that. Um, last one, I Rams and Van Jefferson. I kind of like, uh, okay. just because the Rams defense is going to suck really bad. And you still have Stafford cup, you know, they're going to air it out. And besides Cooper cup, I mean, who, who's that ball going to? So, uh, so Van Jefferson's kind of the next guy. Let's say Matt Stafford throws for 4,000 yards, which is, you know, pretty standard for him. Let's say Cooper Cup gets 1,400 of that. Just a lot of a lot of production there. Somebody else in the offense has to get. So And remember, remember it's, it's Van Jefferson, not Van Jeffries, just so we're clear on that Here's one. Jefferson, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and on that same note for tight end, Tyler Higby, who's the, the mm. tight end. I love him as a late-round tight end. He actually got 100 targets last year, and there were only four tight ends that, that got 100 targets. So um, the re- target tree is even more narrow this year. He's got a decent chance to to really outproduce there. Um, the only other tight end I like super late is Juwan Johnson out of the Saints. Uh, they're uh, – Supposedly him and Derek Carr just have insane chemistry. He's a guy that was a former wide receiver that converted to tight end. So, um, you know, a lot of pass catching upside. He's kind of cool. And then, as I mentioned earlier, at quarterback, it's Anthony Richardson all day long. And Mm. he is just like they got a preseason game tonight and he's starting. And I can't wait to watch just because I want to see him run, just tuck in and run, you know. Kind of like Justin Fields last year. If you if you don't know where to throw it, just take that ball down and take off. You know, you run a four three forty. So yeah, we know. Hey, don't forget, AC. You're talking to two naturally gifted athletes here. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Um, Raleigh, I don't want to edit out the Jefferson. That was funny. Fine. Um, that answered all my questions. I think everyone's on information overload right now. Yeah, Mucci is going to love that list. That was extensive, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh, uh, what else do you have for AC? Uh, is there – is Kenny Pickett going to be good? That's been, keep, <laughs> that's been keeping me up at night. Yeah, we talked about this last year, and I'm – you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's – I think he peaks as like a middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback. I don't ever see him being a superstar. Um, I feel bad just blatantly wanting – I think their offensive coordinator like, is one of the worst in the league. Oh, Matt Canada sucks. And uh, like one of the least creative offenses. Unleashed by dogtoons.com. We're going to have a field day with them. Two versus the that, that primetime game is, is making me nervous. I don't disagree with you. I'm just nervous for primetime in Pittsburgh. AC, appreciate it very much, man. Your knowledge, the numbers, the names. I'll be using it. Everyone here will be using it. They got their chance ready to go. Appreciate it very much. Good luck to all in your fantasy football drafts in the next few weeks. Once again, thank you for the Dogs World Podcast. For Raleigh, for Connor, for myself. Big Jim Good night, Brown. Jim Brown. He was a first round pick in the 57 draft. Started setting records at the league of gas. Had a debut like few in sports history. He was rookie of the year and the MVP, Jim Brown. No one ever seen anybody like Jim. Year after year, the competition was him. Touchdown after touchdown, win after win. Title after title kept raking them in. Jim Brown.
Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Then came that game on that day in December that still to this day is reminisced and remembered. The world stood still and hearts beat fast. Not one point scored, 0-0 at the half. But hold on. Through the third and fourth quarter, they kept fighting hard. Through touchdowns and field goals and Jim's rushing yard. Cleveland had 27 and the Colts had none. Were triumphant, the championship was won. Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Big Jim Brown, Jim Brown. Through all of the seasons, he never missed a game. He was voted into the Pro Bowl every year that he played. He had eight leading rushing seasons, three MVPs, and still holds a franchise record for most rushing in the league. Jim Brown. Director's chair on a movie set. Jim broke the news that they'll never forget. He said he'd made up his mind. He said it was time. He said he retired. It was the end of the line for Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Big Jim Brown. in the Hall of Fame. He's got a ring of honor and a statue in his name. You can sum up this man in one single line. He's the greatest NFL running back of all time. Big Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Big Jim Brown.